Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show, where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve, and following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. The Dr. Wyatt Show is listener-supported, so it helps keep it on the air so couples worldwide can receive hope for their marriage. Please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash Dr. Wyatt Show. I'd like to start with a review that I received. I always love getting reviews. It helps me know that this podcast is making a difference. So if you haven't already, if you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave a review, especially on Apple Podcast, after the podcast episode today. So this is from Loadmaster Mike, and he said, Thank you, Dr. Fisher, for your straight-to-the-point tips and advice. I love that you speak from the heart. My wife and I have been married 20 years and have gone through many seasons. Our recent season included infidelity. This really allowed us to dig deep as a couple, and thanks to your reoccurring reminders, we have grown tremendously. Thank you. Thank you for leaving that review. I appreciate it. I'm so honored that the podcast has made a difference in your relationship. All right, today I'm going to talk about four steps to becoming an amazing listener. Are you an amazing listener? Maybe you are. Some people are naturally gifted at listening, but a lot of people aren't, and they have to learn how to become a good listener because most likely you're married to someone who wishes you were an excellent listener. They probably want to feel known by you. They probably want to feel supported by you. They probably want to feel like you get it, that you have their back. So hopefully this episode today will help you develop some skills on how to become an amazing listener for your partner. So step one, you need to have time with your partner so that you can provide them undivided attention. You're not going to be able to be an amazing listener at random times throughout the day trying to talk with your partner. And a lot of couples do that. They'll try to talk to their partner randomly throughout the day and it's not a good time to talk because their partner's not really ready to listen or they're not ready to talk or they're busy, they're distracted. So this goes back to my recommendation of having four mini dates a week. Those mini dates can be 15 minutes up to two hours. But you wanna cultivate this time together, this quality time, so you intentionally are investing in your marriage. So at least four nights a week or four days a week, you wanna be having some time to talk. This is where you can do your head heart check that I've talked about. The head is your agenda, what you did throughout the day, and your heart is what you felt and why. So mad, sad, glad, or fear, and why. So let's imagine you have a mini date scheduled for tonight. It's gonna be around nine o'clock, the kids are in bed, and then you and your partner go into your room, you shut the door, and now what? This is when you give your partner undivided attention. So undivided attention means you power off your phone, you power off your iPad, you turn off the computer, you turn off the TV, all tech is shut down. And then you turn to your partner, you have open body language, you look at them with your eyes, and then you listen. You listen to what they have to say. You ask them about their head and heart. How was your head and heart? Tell me what's going on with you. How was your day today? What were your highs and lows? and you're providing undivided attention during those questions so that they know you care, that they can tell non-verbally by looking at you 
that you're interested in what they have to say. So that's number one. You wanna develop a routine of quality time, your mini dates, and then within that, provide undivided attention. Number two, you're not allowed to give any advice to your partner unless they ask you for it. This is a hard one. I am a fixer. A lot of you listening to this are probably fixers. And so what do we do? When our partners are talking to us, we wanna fix it. We wanna improve it. We wanna provide some solutions. And this is what I do. And I have to be careful of this because it is my instinct, it's my impulse. So when my wife is venting to me, she's sharing about something with one of her friends that's stressful. She's sharing something about her work that's stressful. She's sharing something about the kids that's stressful, whatever it is. My first impulse is to tell her what to do. (laughs) That's my first impulse. And guess what? She hates it. She hates it when I tell her what to do or when I suggest some ideas or when I you know, throw out some options of what could help. She hates that. Why? Because she's not asking for my advice. She wants to feel my support. And the way that she wants to feel my support is by me listening, being a good listener, and being empathetic, which we'll get to later. But the last thing that she wants in those moments is my advice. She doesn't wanna feel fixed and neither does your partner. So have a guideline that you're not gonna give any advice to your partner unless you hear them say, what do you think I should do? What are your thoughts on this situation? What would you do if you were in my shoes? If they say something like that, green light. Now you can share your thoughts. Now you can share your perspective. But if they don't ask you, do not give it because it's gonna feel like you're fixing them and it's gonna frustrate them. It's gonna make them feel more distant from you. Number three, be curious. When your partner is talking, how interested and curious are you with what they're talking about? You know, we can tell when someone's interested in what we're talking about. Someone who's disinterested doesn't engage and they just barely say the bare minimum to kind of shut us up and to get us off the topic. You can tell, you can tell when someone's not really interested in what you're saying. In contrast, if someone's interested, they're engaged, they're looking at you, they're asking questions. Wow, what was that like? Or what else happened? Or tell me more about that. Or what happened next? They ask questions, they're interested, they're responding in a way that shows you, wow, you're really engaged, you're really interested, you're curious about what I'm talking about. How much does your partner feel that with you? When they are talking, do you respond in a way that makes them feel like you're curious and you're interested because you're engaging in the conversation? You wanna make sure you're engaging and you're being curious through questions because that's gonna help them feel like you care. When you're asking questions, a quick tip, make sure it's open-ended questions. Open-ended starts with what or how. So what happened next? Or how did that make you feel? Those kind of questions are gonna be the best because that encourages your partner to respond with as much information as they want. In contrast, you wanna avoid closed-ended questions. Closed-ended questions start with do or are. So for example, if you say, do you think that was good? Or are you sure that was the right thing to do? First of all, it sounds like you're judging them. But second of all, 
the answer to closed-ended questions is yes or no. So it's gonna shut your partner down. So you don't wanna ask questions that are closed-ended, that end with yes or no. Instead, ask open-ended questions, starting with what or how. Number four, you wanna empathize. This is the gold bar right here is empathize. So if we're providing undivided attention and we're not giving any advice and we're being curious, what do we say? What comes out of our mouth? How do we empathize? There's a couple phrases I would highly recommend that you master for empathy. Here they are. I can see how you would feel blank because of blank. Or it makes sense that you would feel blank because of blanks. Or no wonder you feel blank. Or that sounds really blank. Or that sucks. Those are all examples of empathetic statements. And then you fill in the blanks with what your partner is talking about and what they're feeling. Those are really great statements to memorize because you don't wanna say the same empathetic statement over and over because then you'll sound like a parrot. You wanna vary it up so there's some variety and those are some really good options to choose from for empathy. Now, the challenge with empathy is when it's hard for you to see where your partner's coming from or when you disagree with how they feel. But empathy is not if you can relate to what your partner is talking about. That's not what empathy is. Sometimes you might be able to relate. Sometimes you may feel the same thing that they're feeling, but a lot of times you're not going to because you're a different person. So instead, what I encourage you to do is the empathy variable exercise. And what this is, is a series of questions you wanna ask your partner, you wanna write down their answers, then you wanna review those answers frequently, especially before your head heart checks. And these questions include, what was most hurtful for you as a little kid growing up? Second, what were the main values you were raised with? Third, what are your top values now as an adult? Fourth, what are your main insecurities that you struggle with? Next one, what are your main marital needs? Next one, what stresses you out the most? Next one, what are your top hopes and dreams for the future? Those are powerful questions and deep questions. So ask your partner those questions and write down all the answers and then review those answers because what that does is it allows you to peer into their soul. It allows you to look into their wiring. It allows you to step into their shoes and see the world through their eyes. And so you wanna have that information in the back of your mind as you're listening to your partner vent because then what they're saying will start to make sense because you're mindful of what they went through growing up. You're mindful of their family values. You're mindful of their top stressors. You're mindful of their marital needs. You're mindful of their hopes and dreams for the future. You're mindful of their insecurities. When you become mindful of all of those things, it starts to make sense why your partner feels certain things. And that's where empathy can start to flow. Even when you disagree, even when you wouldn't feel the same thing, you're putting yourself in her or his shoes and seeing the world from their lens so it will start to make sense 
what they feel. And that's where those empathetic statements I just covered can come from in an authentic way. So those are four ways to become an amazing listener. Number one, undivided attention. Number two, no advice unless asked. Number three, be curious. And number four, empathize. Thank you for listening to The Dr. Wyatt Show. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to click the five stars, leave a review, and subscribe so you receive future episodes. And remember to send me your marriage questions. You can email me, you can message me on Facebook or on Instagram, but I'm always happy to respond back the best I can to any relationship questions you have. So be sure to message me. Also, if this podcast has made a positive impact on your marriage, I would love to interview you and have you on the podcast because your story will inspire countless others. For more marriage resources, be sure to go to my website. It's drwyattfisher.com. That's D-R-W-Y-A-T-T-F-I-S-H-E-R.com. And my email is info at drwyattfisher.com. And remember, your marriage is alive. So if you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. If you neglect it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.